You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and welcome back to another podcast episode. This is part of our Colorado Springs podcast blitz. We're doing over five episodes. Last episode was State of the Market. This episode, we're actually been going into one of Jenny's uh, personal properties she bought a handful or three or four years ago that she did the Burr strategy on. So it's a great case study. Also shows some of the investing that Jenny has done. So I would recommend you guys listen to the these podcasts in order. Uh, that way you kind of get the, a good overview of the Colorado Springs market. And so Jenny is a new team member up here on our team, and she is really taking on Colorado Springs since she lives down there, owns a handful of rental properties down there, and just knows the market. And so what we're going to do here is as we started working together, Jenny, I started naturally asking questions to Jenny about the Springs market and quickly realized, hey, these questions I have, so do hundreds of other people in Denver and in Colorado Springs, so let's just record a podcast. So now we're recording our second podcast. Jenny, glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I know... This is a single-family home. You closed in uh, 2017. Correct. Beyond that, all I know is that you bird it and you still own it. Okay. Jump into it. All right. So just to kind of give everyone a little bit of background um, about this, this is a, a burr, like Chris mentioned, so buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. I'm impressed with how fast you say because I often have to like stop and <laughs> think, about, think it. about which R I'm on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, we've, employed this method for several of our rental properties, especially during this time frame. So we were able to really expedite our acquisition um, during the 2016-2017 timeframe is when we really ramped up everything. And it's just a really cool strategy to be able to um, leverage and expand really quickly. So um, we found this particular property um, from a wholesaler. This is our first wholesale property that we ever bought. So that was a learning experience in itself. So talk about that experience, because I mean, you know, the, um, you know, there are good wholesale deals or bad wholesale deals. So what, you know, how'd you network? What type of criteria are you looking for? Like, just kind of give some more more background on there. Sure. So we were able to, um, so I guess to back up a little bit, we had bought a property in the neighborhood in which this property was bought just couple houses down a couple months prior. So it was exact same specifications, two bed, one bath, home, um, same neighborhood, same layout, everything. So we knew exactly what the ARV, the value of this property was going to be. So um, when we found this wholesaler, we I just signed up for a bunch of mailing lists and um, this email came across my, my desk and um, I knew exactly how much it's going to be worth. Just did some really quick math and immediately called them and said, we want it. So as a wholesaler, or is it more being presented as a flip? Um, I think they offered it as a flip. Yes, okay. actually. And then, you know, just- That's how most properties I see. They're usually much more flip oriented. Yeah. I want to say that it was, but I knew that the spread um, was going to make for an okay burr at the time. So what were the terms of the wholesale? How quickly did you need to close? Was it hard earnest money? What were the terms? So it was hard money. I think it was about $3,000 hard, which that's not a lot of, or that is a lot of money to just kind of risk, essentially. I don't- Ex Explain what yeah. hard earnest money means. So um, when we 
called up and said, we want the property. They sent us over um, a purchase agreement or assignment agreement, I guess, um, saying as soon as the the money is deposited to the title company and you sign this, that is our money. You can take the house or leave it, essentially. Um, it's kind of how I think of it. Because basically, as long as like, well, cool, you don't like the inspection, your financing falls through, tough luck to get money unless they usually can't deliver the property. Correct. Is usually the terms I've seen. Same Correct. basic terms? Same terms, yeah. What was the closing time frame? I believe it was about a month. Okay. So it was a decent amount of time, but we ended up using hard money. Um, and did you have hard money and everything lined up before here? No. Ooh, <laughs> living is, on the edge here, This huh? is like everything to not do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a very risky, um, you know, thing that we did, but it all ended up working out. So okay. just take this as a lesson learned. <laughs> and I don't know, in the, I haven't, you know, we're kind of going to follow a similar deal analysis form that we've done in our previous ones. And I don't want to jump the gun here, but do you go into like the terms, your hard money loan, all that stuff? In the, okay, yes. I'll save those questions mm -hmm. for the future then. <laughs> so walk us through the overview of this property. I know you said it was a two-one near a property that you've Per, uh, recently had purchased. Mm -hmm. What part of the Springs is this in? So I would consider this um, South Central. Um, it's in the Stratton Meadows subdivision. So it's a pretty big neighborhood of very similar homes. Um, so all I know is if I drive down 25, where's in relation to me driving down 25? Um, so it's <laughs> south of downtown. Okay. Um, it's right around where they're doing the South Nevada corridor um, uh construction projects so it's um they're building like a lot of new restaurants and stuff okay. down, down that way and you know um so it's kind of up and coming it's to the east of like ivy wild cheyenne zoo um just on the other side of nevada okay yeah um so and what'd you get it for so we bought it for one hundred and thirteen thousand five hundred. Now, I mean just if you even know this remember like if it was just a list on the mls that's like a fair market value property what do you think would have listed for, or can you even guess on that? If I had to guess at the time, probably about one thirty, it would okay. have gone for. Would be my guess. So definitely got up a little bit below. Mm -hmm. You know what, fifteen, eighteen grand below fair market value. Mm -hmm. And so they liked it because of the location. What were your expectations for like the the value add? Um, so we, based on the pictures, we assumed it was just going to be pretty basic cosmetic. And when did you get to walk the property? Before or after you check the positive? Oh, after. Yeah, yeah don't don't recommend that. Um, it, was, it was not in as good of condition as we thought it was. So it's like most photos of properties. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so we thought based on the pictures, it was just going to be um, paint, floors, call it a day sort of thing. It ended up being a lot more extensive than that. Um, yeah, so. So location... Obviously, there's room for appreciation there, and on the side, you have no HOA. Correct. All right. So, what were the kind of walk us through the kind of start to the contract? You just walk through the contract details, the whole buying process on here. Sure. So, kind of as we mentioned before, got an email from the wholesaler. Um, I don't know, lapse of judgment, excitement, pulled the trigger on it. Um, so then that same day, you know, I'm signing the assignment contract and going to the title company with a check uh, to secure it. And then um, I think at that point, they said, you know, you can go ahead and do a walkthrough of the property while we're waiting for everything to, to close. Um, Was it vacant? No, there okay. are people living in it still. And, um, and so we had to coordinate that, of course. And then at that point, I found a hard money lender, which is not the proper order to do it. You should always have your lending lined up 
beforehand. Your hard money and your takeout financing yes, as well. Yes, yes, your long-term financing, you should absolutely have lined up beforehand. So, What terms did you get in your hard money? Um, it was 12%, two and a half points. Okay. Three-month balloon. Ooh, you had a really short term on there. Yes, yeah. So, I'll, I'll save the question for once we get into more details yeah. on that how that term worked out for you. So this is like the scariest deal ever for us, basically. Um, so, so you walk the property. Mm-hmm. Did you guys just do your own visual inspection or did you bring an inspector or a contractor or you're like, hey, we're committed, whatever? Like, Yeah, we we just did our own visual inspection. Um, as to, Sewer scope? No. So we did not do the sewer scope, which this is the property in which we've learned to always do a sewer scope. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> because what we could have saved, I don't know, sewer scopes are what? One, two hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, hundred, hundred and thirty bucks. Yeah, we pay. yeah. We um, ended up spending five thousand dollars in sewer repairs after the tenants have moved in. Of course, after the rehab, when they called us and said, "Hey, the you know the toilet is oh, this was overflowing. after your whole rehab. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't even it did not even cross our mind. We didn't even know it was like a thing at that point. So yeah, <laughs> like I said, this is. This is lessons learned. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so um, should have done a seroscope, didn't. Should have done, you know, a, an inspection, we didn't. Um, so yeah, it was quite interesting how it, how it worked out. Were you able to negotiate inspection items or was it just? So when we went under contract, part of, um, I guess what the wholesaler had already negotiated with the the homeowner, the seller, um, was to file an insurance claim for hail damage. So they had several broken windows due to hail. Um, the roof was pretty much annihilated due due to hail. So, and the wholesaler negotiated that. That wasn't anything you did. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, we. And he knew that in the initial email that was outlined in there. Mm-hmm, okay, exactly. So we at least knew we were going to get a new roof, couple new windows out of it. So. And they actually replaced it, right? They didn't. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we went over there for the walkthrough, the seller asked us what color roofing material we wanted. So um, that was That's nice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty nice of them. Yeah. But yeah, so it was fixed by the time we we closed. Good. Now let's talk a little more about your your financing. Um, so three month balloon, twelve percent interest, two point five points, and you put twenty percent down. This was yes. Wow, that's I was not expecting a 20% down payment for our money. Yeah, I believe so. We've used the same hard money lender since this project, and I believe that the reason why we had those terms was because we had never done this before. So I think they wanted us to put more skin in the game. Did they give you any um, any part of the rehab cost? No, it was all just acquisition. It was all just acquisition. So we had to fund the rehab fully, also. Those are not very good terms, Jenny. Okay, um, so the hard money loaner didn't do an appraisal on the takedown. I'm assuming they like looked at the numbers and did some like Google Street drive-by type thing. Yeah, they did a like a desktop valuation yeah. thing. But yeah. that was just like in-house they did Correct. it? Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably your, your lender or someone on the team there did it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously zero, con- zero seller concessions, no PMI since it's a hard money loan. Um, can't buy the interest rate down there typically. Actually, do you know... If you were to do a hard money loan again, you know what your terms would be with the same lender? Um, I think at one point we got to, I think it was 10%, two points, zero down. It was based on ARV at that point. Okay. By the time we kind of knew what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really important thing to highlight is a lot of times if you're, you know, obviously with hard money lenders, like very good to talk to a few lenders. Mm-hmm. 
And just don't go off of rates, rates and terms because their knowledge can help you out a lot with the process. But yeah, as you build a relationship, you usually get better terms. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So walk us through the numbers here on your burr. Sure. So for the buy, um, we purchased it for 113500 put 20% down. So we at that point put down 22700 and we had a hard money loan of 90800 Okay. So we renovated the house. We had to do a full house rehab of $25,000, and I just lumped in closing fees, holding costs, repairs. What was your estimate for all that? (laughs) Like 10 or 15. Okay. Yeah. So I think something to mention if people are listening going, how did you renovate an entire house for $25,000 and also include your holding costs in there. How much work did you do on your own? We did a lot. Yep, (laughs) we did a lot. Um, And then we hired contractors, of course, uh, but we were really conscious for the types of repairs that we did. So, um, you know, we had to do a whole new kitchen, but we were really cost conscious. We went to Home Depot and got, um, you know, just the generic white kitchen cabinets. It looks great. Just all rental grade stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So we're just really conscious about that. The bathroom looks amazing. Um, If you guys are watching the YouTube, you can see the picture of the bathroom tile. It was 99 cents a tile. So, you know, it's a really tiny bathroom. So just kind of stuff like that. You guys like do the tile work yourself? No, no, we did not do that. We're not skilled enough for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So at that point, we're all in for 138,500. 47700 of personal funds. And so that's for your down payment, uh, rehab, care, and cost, all that stuff. You're in for just under $50,000 all in on your own. Correct. Okay. Um, and something to point out is that we were able to recycle a lot of those funds from a previous burr that we had completed. Okay. So we were able to cash out refinance a good amount of that. Great. And then how long did it take you? Because I know you had a three-month term or three-month balloon. It was, I think, about two months and then another month to refinance it. So you got out just in time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we had two, must have been, no, it was about two weeks on the um, from the three-month balloon mark. So I think we started doing the refinance concurrently at that nice. point. Well, I'm yeah, in, I'm impressed. I was not expecting you to, to tell me you met that term. Okay. <laughs> Sleepless nights, but yes. I would imagine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so when we finished it, it, I mean, not to toot our own horns, but I, it turned out to be a beautiful pro- uh, property, in my opinion. And we'll put the photos on the blog post, right? We right, do that? Okay. exactly. And um, we rented it for eleven eighty a month. Is that what you're expecting? Is that what you pro forma? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And just now we have it rented at 1300 a month. And so you were in this in like Q2, Q3 of 2017? Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- basically three years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, what about, okay, we got the buy, the renovate, the rent complete, the refinance. What were you expecting the the, the appraisal ARV and what did it come in at? So I was expecting 165 and we were saved in the fact that it came back at 175. Nice. So we were able to get a new loan for 131,250, which is 75% of that appraised value. And you did, uh, was a 30-year conventional or is this a portfolio loan? 30-year conventional. Okay. Mm-hmm. So by doing that, we were able to get back $40,450. So we have a total cash in home of $7,250, which is about 4% of the appraised home value. Um, and then just kind of a quick comparison. 
if you compare that to putting 20% down on a fully renovated home worth 175,000, that would have been $35,000 yep. down. So, and then of course the final R is repeat. Have you repeated since then? We have. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many times have you done it since then? Um, we did two like true burrs, like hardly anything in there. And then we did um, a couple of more partials. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, trues are hard. If you get a partial, that's still a home run. Yeah. This, I think in the current market. I know the springs, but I think we're pretty similar. We're between happy. the two markets. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You left in $7,000 in the home. <sighs> Do that all day long. For a fully renovated yeah. top-notch home at this point. <laughs> um. Oh, so now it's worth $230,000. Is this one of the properties you're cash out refi on? No. So we actually just did a rate and term refinance in, okay. back in January because um, we were at 5.125% um, mm. for this home because back in 2017, that was pretty good rate. Um, so we decided to do a rate and term refinance back in January and it appraised at $230,000. What was your rate in January you got? Gosh, I think it was 4.125. Are you going to refinance again No, now? I don't think so. Not even do a cash out? No, I don't think so. Huh. Yeah, I think we'll just kind of keep this as a equity buffer for us. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, so now we got, I know we, we took Joe's spreadsheet in here. You manipulated a few things to make it work for the burst strategy. So I'll let you kind of walk me and the audience through this. Sure. And of course, sorry, one more thing. If you guys want to see the spreadsheet numbers, click on the show notes. This will be uh, in there as well. So I went ahead and just did this reflective of the post cash out refinance since we already talked about, um, you know, the acquisition piece and then the rehab piece. So after we did the the cash out refinance, um, we had a loan of about 131250 and we had 7250 in the property, which is about 4,000, or excuse me, 4% of the appraised value. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you got your rate plugged in at five and one eighth mm-hmm. over 30 years. And let me see your underwriting here. So $1,180 for rent, 3% vacancy, no for property management, 5% for repairs and reserves. Did you do the lower amount since it's a brand new property? Or I did. not brand new, but a, a brand new rehab? Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we were really uh, hands-on, so we knew that the quality of work was um, good. The contractors did a great job for it. Has that 5% held up over the last three years? Knock on wood, yes. We've okay. had very like care, careful tenants that took great care of the property, so I think that helps too. So no HOA, your taxes are at 600 and that was probably in 2017, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much your taxes bumped up in the 2019 assessment just happened that were I think about $150. Okay. So, so it's not too bad. Yeah. And your insurance was $800. Mm-hmm. And you said in the last episode, insurance rates are going up. What's that now? It's about 900 now. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... Not it's not bad. a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Especially now if your rent went up, what, $200, you said? About 100 Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. You're, 120 You're still paying the bills, making some money on there. Yeah, I'm doing all right on it. <laughs> so, now we're looking at a screenshot from the cash flow tab on Joe's spreadsheet, that second tab on there. Uh, shows an NOI of eleven thousand six hundred. Minus your mortgage payments, about eighty five hundred dollars for the year for about a three thousand dollar NOI. So still a little money down. You're seeing a forty percent cash on cash return, phenomenal. You're seeing an eight point nine percent cap rate, great. GRMs are one sixteen, which again I don't look at those too much, but hey, forty percent cash on cash return. We normally see those for house act properties at five percent down, and an eight point nine cap rate. This this is great. So. Let me ask you this. 
can I get money to mess right now? Can you find me a burr like this tomorrow? I can't. And if I did, I would buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it just like, I mean, just because the market's gotten more compressed down there and hotter and everything, kind of similar Denver story? Yeah. I mean, just really supply and demand has really driven up um, prices on these properties. Um, So it's really hard to find anything with a little bit of equity to it. And, but I think that this example is really good to show not necessarily, you know, a home run burr, but to show holding it even for three years, the improvements that you can see on the performance of, of the property down there. Yeah. Um, and I know you're in the market for buying a fourplex now. Is mm-hmm. okay. You're active. You're active thing. Are you looking to like do a fourplex burr or more just like a fourplex? Hopefully, some value add there. What what knowing what you know about what you've done with burrs and rentals in the market now? What's your focus for the next property you're buying for yourself? I would love to buy a fourplex with value add in the sense of maybe more so just managing it more effectively, yeah. bumping up rents to market rate, um, utilizing utility billback structure not to the extent of the construction that we had to do for this particular property. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't definitely not do it in as risky a fashion as we yeah. had done it for this. I would just do traditional 25% down, 30 um, year conventional fixed. Um, and if there's equity in a few years, then we could explore possibly pulling cash out, but I would not do the same that I would. But you're looking more for that, I call it like the longer term yeah, I used to try to day trade, like a swing trade a little bit longer. Hey, three or five year, maybe cash out refi. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, much longer term. I think we've kind of um, changed our investing strategy a little bit just in terms of how the market has um, changed. And, you know, our personal situation has changed. Just more of a safer long-term hold. I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I'd be curious as you're running numbers because, I mean, you know, we see a lot of opportunity right now in Denver with like the, the smaller multis for doing like, hey, Place places have been owned for twenty years, under rented, you know, mismanaged. Raise it to rents, you know, do some cosmetic turns, uh, implement rubs, things like that. Um, a few investors that I've known and just clients we've been in transactions with, like people have tried to do like a, a real burr on some fourplexes. They've gotten, uh, they've had problems with appraisal and ARV in the back end. Mm. Because great, they you know they raise the rent so much and they try to like you know perform it off a of, off of a the income approach and you know fourplex are still residential properties the more sales uh, sales comps and we've had a couple deals fall apart because of that wow i'd be curious if and i know you're not quite doing that extreme but if you hear anything i'd be curious what's like and that's been like when they go, hey it looks really good but like hey here's here's a caveat like just know like plan on like have a good plan b for that longer term trade hey do it and then maybe two or three years then do a cash out refi yeah that's really interesting well, so looking at your conclusion here um, I think you may have already talked about this, but like, what are your what are your takeaways and updates on this property? Sure. So um, I did kind of like a flash forward. So um, we were able to raise rent to thirteen hundred dollars a month, which is very much market rate, um, and we were able to make back that initial investment in the middle of twenty nineteen via cash flow. So you actually track that, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, you you are a CPA by trade. So, <laughs> so one caveat I do I don't want to give us too much credit for is that. Um, I guess it was probably in 2017 that sewer um, line collapse situation occurred, which since it was capitalized, I didn't put it in my expense numbers, but I won't get too in the weeds on and that. And so that wasn't in your initial rehab cost we talked about earlier. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yeah, we, we had already had tenants in there and they called us 
frantically one day. And How many weeks or months after they moved in was this? It was probably about one month. So just okay. long enough for the water to fill up to where the line met the house. Was it collapsed where we bought it or was it like collapsed and then construction debris got down there as well? Oh, it was know? definitely collapsed when we okay. bought it. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a learning experience for us. And then um, just another thing that we did with the, as I mentioned before, with the interest rate improvements, we were able to rate and term refinance it. Oh, excuse me. It was 4.25. Okay. 30-year um, fixed. And then just kind of the good news story on that is we have about $100,000 in equity between the existing mortgage and the recent appraisal that if we wanted to, we could tap into that and reinvest it. Oh, this is great. And I think you've got a couple slides in there with some of your operating data, right? Right. Ooh, that's, I'm curious to see this. So, of course, we're going to read some numbers here and all the stuff we're talking about is in the blog post. But this is your numbers from when you bought it in 2017, your 2018, your 2019. So how do you want to explain this to me in the audience? So I think the simplest way of explaining it, um, so based on the spreadsheet, that's a full year estimation for that. So I think even though we bought it in 2017, probably 2018 would probably be the more appropriate year to compare the two because this is the first full year. Um, so we kind of go through, we did earn a little bit more on income. Um, and that was just through collection of pet fees, um, okay. things like that. And then if we go down to the actual expenses, um, we actually came in a little bit below uh, what the projected net income was. And that was just kind of, I would still consider that um, learning curve type things, trying to get the property. Um, you know, you don't know what's broken till someone's lived there. Um, if I remember correctly, that was, we upgraded the um, electric panel Okay. at that point. Um, is your collapsed sewer line in here? It is not. So since um, we capitalized it, okay. <laughs> so, so you have to budget in another about $5,000 for that. Um, but yeah, so if we go through that, uh, the net income's a little bit lower than projected. Um, but if we jump to 2019, I would say that was kind of the first full year. We were really in the swing of things, which if you think about it, that's kind of a long time to get a property stabilized, but um, I don't think that it's unreasonable. Um, so we made uh, about 7,500 in net income in 2019 after everything was... That's phenomenal. That's great. Yeah. After everything was fixed and, you know, running efficiently and we kind of got in the swing of it. So that was kind of the, the major year that we were able to make back everything. So random question on here, and this this might be completely like diving in the weeds and okay. people asleep, but I, I know you've got your depreciation expense listed on here. Why does that fluctuate? You know, years or 2017 is at 3696, 2018 is at 4678, 2019 is 4575. I mean, since depreciation is straight line, how comes not the same every year? So we had things in there um, that were on different depreciation schedules. So you're more doing like a, a cost segregation type thing? We did for the stuff that we could easily do, if that makes sense. Yes. Like when we renovated the home, um, since we couldn't, like, again, not getting too in the weeds, we, um, as we were renovating the home, we bought appliances and those are on a five-year depreciation okay. schedule. So they're faster up front and then it kind of wanes as the years go on. 
So are you tracking this yourself as your, I'm assuming you do your own taxes? Do you, do you um, hire it out? I'm tracking it myself. Okay. Yeah. So we have a bunch of schedules going on for that. So that's kind of the very short answer to it. Um, okay. Why, no, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, great. And then, yeah, I mean, this is, this is great. Again, lots of numbers on here. So this will be in the show notes. Anything you want to talk about on here or anything else? I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, just... I guess to give people, um, to allow themselves some grace to get things really in the groove of things. And that's kind of what we've noticed across our whole, whole portfolio is that it takes a year or so to really kind of stabilize a property. It always takes longer and more cash. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's much easier to absorb when you have tenants in the home, um, good tenants, you know, if, if things need to be fixed, it's just go in there and you fix it. And yeah. yeah. Great. So I think these are just some, some photos you have up here, right? Mm -hmm. You got a photo of your husband in a semi hazmat suit. <laughs> um, it was a little dirty in there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, let's see the, and we'll put these photos up online here. So the living room is pretty trashed. So is this uh, LVT, like the luxury vinyl plank you guys put down? Yeah, it's actually um, laminate plank. Laminate plank, okay. Mm -hmm. So a little, a little higher end, huh? Yeah, it looks like real hardwood, and um, it holds up really well. We allow pet, we allow up to two pets in all of our properties, and we've had some really big dogs that have lived in this property, and it, it holds up really well. And then the kitchen. Oh, yeah, kitchen was... Yeah, it's basically just no appliances. It's pretty beat up. So you you gutted the kitchen there, it looks mm -hmm. like. Yeah. yeah. Gutted the kitchen, new appliances, all standard, yeah, rental grade stuff. Um, yeah, we thought that the bathroom we would be able to clean up. And then as we went to touch one of the tiles, it fell off the wall. So <laughs> we had to actually take it down to the studs and put the... Um, Oh gosh, what do they do? The water board, um, water backing. Oh yeah, the the cement board, the, yeah. the hardy board, right? Yeah, yeah. It was you know some sort of like waterproofing yeah. and membranes and all that good stuff. So it is rock solid bathroom right now. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's all it's all new tub, new vanity, mm -hmm. new tile, new new window in there too. Yeah, like a new toilet as well. So yeah, just new everything, huh? Mm -hmm. Well, that'll be nice for the long term stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Well, all the, uh, I know we went through some pictures, which are pretty pointless on podcast. I <laughs> uh, went through a lot of numbers. So everyone, that will be on the the show notes there. So go there to read it, watch the photos. We got some more photos and videos from Jenny too. We'll put up on there and upload it all to YouTube and the blog post. So this, this is great. Any, any final thoughts you want to share before we wrap up? Nope, I don't think so. Great. Well, guys, thanks for listening. If you have questions, definitely reach out to Jenny. Her contact details will be in the show notes uh, on the website or just email me. I can definitely do a quick email introduction as well. And listen on because next three episodes, we're going to be talking to multifamily, uh, a house hack, and a single family rental for the Springs. And and these will be like current properties that are just on the market or Jenny's looking at herself. So these will be much more, you know, active deals. Uh, this was just a great case study from what happened a couple of years ago. So Jenny, thanks for putting this together. Thank you so much for having me.